This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, yeah, so T.F. Much. First mate, Cedric Espen Sump, A.O. Torching the blindside blue paper once again. Yes, that's the sound of the Sumpster. Camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Now, Australia, welcome to the Bludging on the Blind Side. H.G. Nelson here, opening the dig for another set of seven. Well, what a week. What a week. Uh, look, I say it every time this week, and it just sounds better every time it comes out. A week when too much sport is barely enough. It sounded better, didn't it, than last week. Last week was a bit limp. A bit, you know, didn't give it the full grunt and poke that normally I give it. I just thought it came out beautifully then. I didn't draw too much attention to it. Put that one down as a best of, on your best ofs, will you? Now, so much excitement, so much unbelievable, ex- unprecedented excitement. All the big issues hit the fan when the high explosive blew the doors off the Corolla hatch before new coach Des Hasler had a chance to pull them off in the Titans car park at Seabus. We got it before Des. Now, the 2023 Logies are just, you know, wait for it, one sleep away. This time tomorrow, people will be frocking up, getting their hair done, looking for shoes that don't itch. And then the gong's handed out and everybody goes home deliriously. The atmosphere across the television world at the moment is electric. It's TV night. It's TV's night of nights. I, I stumbled as I tried to get it out. It's TV's night of nights. The atmosphere's been building all week. So many stars, so many great shows. And can I say this, and I don't do this without any sense of great humility, everyone's a winner at the Logies. Uh, sure, people get gold and, you know, best of and all that sort of stuff, but you're all winners by simply being there at the Logies. Bludgers, as you know, the blind side focuses forensically on the spirit of rugby league and its ethical obligation. And so let's quickly probe the results of Rugby League Round 21. Big numbers to begin with. Spoon Bowl was a triumph. We mentioned that last week. But could a blur of fur from the kennel be making a late charge for Spoon Glory in 2023? The only conclusion I can draw from the uh, the dogs, tuneful, well, let's face it, it was fairly tuneful. It was like a brass band coming down the street. 44 to 18 lost to the Panthers, as in Panthers 44, dogs 18. And the, that puts them right back into contention for the cutlery uh, this year. I don't know how, well, I'm not sure quite how the cards are going to fall for the dogs, but this is a shock to me. I mean, you remember, uh, you know, the Oracle had them all tuned up for a big tilt at the top eight, if not the top four. Now they're going bottom four at least and could get the ultimate prize. Uh, Their PD, that's the points differential, is the worst in the league. This is the dogs by about 70. I don't know what they've been doing in attack. Looks like nothing or defence, nothing elsewhere. Now, um, so... No problem on the uh, PD side of the ledger. The dogs take on the Dolphs tomorrow in a super Sunday of spoon action. That's how I'm seeing it. I mean, if the Dolphs can really give it to them, then there's a chance they'll be spoon-bound by the end of the evening. 
I, well, I haven't looked at the points exactly, but I know from the PD, from the PD, no problem there. Elsewhere, the Sharks dip out on the comeback of the century, going down to the Seagulls, strike up that band, score, Sharks 26, but Seagulls 30. And good news for the birds, that's the big birds with big beaks, it gets better and better and better. Matthew Lodge, our man from the States, is to run on this afternoon at Wynn when the human face take on the big red V. Matty has to be first picked on the seat to the Vegas-bound operation in March 2024. Far too much US experience to leave him behind now. Not only can he play rugby league, he can do all those jobs that we've talked about forever on this particular program. Now, in the NRLW, the bite is back. I mean, it's a great way to open your season. An old-fashioned, let's get that finger off. I don't like the look of that finger. Oh! Uh, Ash Bronco Ashley Werner was sent off after giving Rooster Jamie Frazard. Great name. Great to have the Frazard name back in rugby league. Frazard, great name. Great rugby league name. Anyway, Jamie got a nip from Ashley, or I think that's how it uh, worked out, in the first send-off in NRLW history. So they can't take that away from the Broncos and Ashley Werner in particular. They just can't. They just can't. You can't go back and rewrite history and say, no, she was sick that day and didn't turn up. No, she was there and did the biting. Straight to the tribunal and Ashley has two weeks on the pine to think about her technique. Apparently it was a breathing problem that caused her to lash out with the molars. Now, uh, look, I'm no expert on legal issues, but that's not much of a defence. I was having trouble breathing, so I found somebody's finger in my mouth, so I thought I'd bite it. I mean, does that work as a defence? Not quite. Anyway, now... We broke a story last week that Rugby League had lured the PM, that is Albo, to push the Barrow Vegas side by bringing the Say Day extravagantas to Vegas in March 2024. Uh, everybody knows the Say Day, you know, it's a, a big uh, knees up where the uh, great and good from Australia gather to uh, have a meal on, you know, something that's, you know, say some scallop, potato scallops and lamingtons and that sort of thing and a couple of Jacob's Creek Shirazes, all those sort of things. It's great. Now, I'm not in favour of this moving Say Day extravaganza to Vegas. I'm not in favour of this at all. Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman are stars. They should be there. They're fine. Both have credits in the league caper and packed chops that could be used in the opening ceremony. That's how I'm seeing it. They could waddle out and uh, do a couple of numbers, say duets from Broadway shows that make up, say, the American Book of Hits. And this would entertain the audience and also lure them into saying, we're just like you. We're not singing Aussie classics like Give Me a Home Amongst the Gum Trees or Pub With No Beer or stuff like that. We're singing your songs. And so I selected a couple of tunes for them to have a crack at and I'd love to see them have a go at Tonight from West Side Story. There's no business like show business from Man Who Get Your Gun. And the Shorty George, a bit of a left field selection, but I think it'd go over an absolute treat if they could both master the footwork. About the choices, endless, let's face it. But the brilliance of rugby league can easily be dimmed by stars turning up who know bugger all about six again or ball security and everything about lip gloss sneakers and what wine to serve with a chico roll. We don't need them. We don't need poseurs. We don't need, you know, can I dare I say it, influencers. You know, they're waters that don't mix. Rugby league is a standalone product offering a unique contribution to the world of culture and the world of the punt. It attempts to achieve world peace through brutality. No other sport does this. It attempts to achieve international harmony through violence. That's their mission statement. Not how much does a pair of shoes cost. Now, and this Vegas excursion is encouraging all Americans to enjoy the punt. That's the message we've got to get through, you know. By watching the greatest game, this is the Volandis. This is Feathers' perspective. The rugby league is so much better if you've got a bet on. And if you put a 1,000 on a win, so that's great. 
you'll have the time of your life. It's not meant to be a showcase for people pushing their profiles and a grab bag of goodies. Fact. Now, I'm a bit late to this. I'm surprised that this show is late to this, but uh, a top-rating Melbourne team, NRL team, has an online offering called, wait for it, the eye of the storm. I'm not going to discuss this ever again. Fact. I mean, it was a great idea. Sneesby had an opportunity to take it from us and we didn't, wouldn't have cared. They could have run with it, but he hasn't. Somebody else has. He's got, you know, stolen it right out of Sneesby's grasp. Still with the media, the Players' Revolt took an odd twist this week with players blacking out the NRL logo on the jumpers. Oh, how that must hurt NRL management. Well, they're going to do it with gaffer tape and uh, as the standoff drags on it, now it does appear the Dally M's could be interrupted by the Players' Boycott robbing the event of glamour and star power. It's a disaster for this boycott to continue any longer, but that blacking out of the NRL, I mean, that's just beyond the pale. Now, could the players do something really weird, drop the bands, but still say nothing at all, nothing to no one? I mean, I think that would be a sophisticated position at this point. Yeah, we are, the bands are all off. We've talked to anybody but say nothing. How'd you go today? Works. Women's World Cup and Thursday night against Nigeria. I've never seen anything like it. Honestly, the Matildas courage, the courage of the team, the toughness, the resilience and the Anzac spirit. I tell you not, I mean, I saw our digs on Kokoda in Gallipoli with the slouch hats and the sloped arms and all that sort of stuff, wrestling in the mud and the swading ashore. That's what I saw. So proud and humbled to be green, green and gold and watch the journey unfold Monday night. Well, we're all going to be there and I've, we've got some suggestions on how to deal with it, but I'm just wondering, I just want to throw this out there now. The PM suggested that if the Matildas won the World Cup, they, everybody could have a holiday. Why not declare Monday a holiday in preparation? I mean, that's the only thing you can do at this late stage. Imagine that. All of Australia on holidays, feet up, doing nothing with the Matildas on their mind. I think it would work. Now, Back to AFL, which we weren't, but we can. AFL and the roof at Marvel was left open deliberately to stuff up the Saints and Kangaroos last Sunday. The wheels are falling off. Well, the wheels are falling off everything and, and Gillen silent like the murderer you'd expect. Nothing, saying nothing and no one disappearing. But the good news from the AFL Media Centre, let's talk with Haim is on. Now, I've been waiting for this for some time and I, you know, didn't want to go off, half-cocked about it, but let's face it, I've known about this for months. Seven have gone crazily and finally got crazy and finally got home sitting behind a vast desk. I mean, the desk is enormous. <laughs> Wait till you see it. I mean, I don't know where they got the wood to build this desk from, but it's huge. And Haim doesn't disappear behind it, let me say that. There's some weird camera angles that he's got working and, you know, sort of inflatables and all that sort of stuff. It's just a terrific show. Uh, he's going to be interviewing the biggest names in sport, uh, I think his first guest is Sam Burgess and uh, Sam will be there with uh, people like Merv Hughes' Dry Powder, the jockey Jamie Carr and so on. It's, it's, they're going to get the full take us through it treatment. Sam, you've been in Australia about 10 years, take us through it. <laughs> I've got to be honest here is I don't suppose you'll be doing much preparation but then when you're home you've got so many things to do you've got your AFL coverage you've got to call the matches you've got to do the interviews for the NAB Cup or whatever it is and then you're the, oh, I'm to- let's talk it's inhumane inhumane amount of work and there's no end of people who'll turn up to talk on it I mean the more obscure the better 
I mean, how about Lester Ellis? I don't know if anybody's thought about it, Lester Ellis, but, they, you know, Lester, take us through it. I mean, Haim doesn't know where he's going to go. Lester doesn't know where he's going to go, but you're on a journey. Incidentally, will the murderer turn up to read the votes for the Brownlow this year? People are saying he won't. Many are suggesting the blood-stained putty knife man has folded his tent and walked, waltzed away looking for victims elsewhere. Well, I'm telling you this for absolutely nothing. Uh, no one can do the round seven, one, two, three gear like Gil unless it's Haim. And Haim had had plenty of practice. The pool of Fukuoka. I mean, have you seen it? It's super quick. Oh, it's, it's just incredible, especially lane eight. And what a hit out by our team with the Olympics in Paris exactly one year away. Titmus, Ariana Titmus led the way in the 400 metres, but the puddle caught fire with Molly O'Callaghan and Chalmers and the rest of the, you know, four by 100s, etc. The pool deck marshals were reaching the further fire extinguishers by the end of the night last night. I mean, it was just incredible, on fire. Pundits, incidentally, have already inked us in with 10 gold in the hip pocket for the Paris pool, which might be the River Seine. They're hoping to get the river back into uh, some sort of swimming state. I believe it's the quickest river in the world. Uh, I don't think we'll have any trouble with world records there. And uh, I've got to, I've got to say is that uh, I'm looking forward to this because back in, uh, let's see, 20, maybe 1920, they had the games there. I should know this, but uh, it's just slipped my mind for a minute. They had two things that I love, river swimming. You won't wait till you see it. It's just incredible. And they had a up and over race where you had to go under obstacles and over obstacles and stuff like that. I'd love to see that brought back along with live pigeon shooting. I know it's weird, but they had a great success with the live pigeon shooting and they had to ban it after they tried it out in Paris. Now, uh, look, can I just put this as we're moving on, leaving the AFL behind, but can I just say I'm getting a bit fed up with uh, commentary not coming from the same city that the team's playing in. Uh, Now, I mean, I know I shouldn't, speak out a turn about this, but respect. I mean, it's all about respect. I mean, there's a showdown, a perfectly good showdown in Adelaide tonight between the Port Power and the Adelaide Crows, both teams looking for a win, obviously, four points, etc. cetera. Uh, but now there's suggestion that that won't be called from the city of Adelaide, that people can stay at home and just call it off the television at home and be hooked up and pretend that they're there. Not good enough. Respect, R-E-S-B-E-C-T. I mean, it's all about that. Speaking of the games and the comic games, no do new dawn yet. I still, th- I still think our glab and the Wagga Wiz, Daryl Maguire and Shotgun McKenzie have something to offer with the heavy lifting on the finance front. And let's face it, the, that side of the politics seems to be right up behind the return of the commie games. And bludgers, it's not, it cannot be another display of stumbling, bumbling and grumbling from the old gold fruit and nut against the All Blacks right at the G. I mean, you can hear the emotion in my voice. Imagine that if, the, if Eddie Jones could get this, you know, I don't know how to describe him, this team of well, rather ordinary players who have just recently become acquainted with the concept of rugby up over the All Blacks. That would be an absolute training triumph. I'll leave that dangling, but uh, now to get the blindsided barge away from the wall for another week, it's time to ask the man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice who incorporates the ethical obligation is, again, fully focused on the cost of living crisis that is robbing Australian families of fun and football. I was just uh, talking to some people who went to the World Cup this week and found it alarming to find a small plastic cup of red wine, not $13, $13, it's inhuman, and a small bucket of chips, I think it was eight ninety. I mean, these, no wonder people aren't going 
and eating and taking advantage of the facilities because they just cannot afford it. But what am I telling you this for? The prices have gone berserk and Australians are living the nightmare. I mean, the cost of chocolate has gone through. It's only possible to buy a Kit Kat now if you're a millionaire or a CFO. Fact. With this in mind, we give you the recipe to make your own old gold fruit and nut blocks at home for a fraction of the supermarket cost later in the show. It's so easy, you'll be munching on your own tooth-chipping creation when the team runs out at the G tonight. Go, you rugby people. And with the simple summary of this week's events from the supermarket coalface, the voice demonstrates, you know, the voice of hope demonstrates his love for all Australian families and the respect, there's that word again, for Aussies waddling through the valley of death that is baked into his spray. The Roy of Hope belongs to the activated one, rampaging Roy Slavin, who is the best in the business. Now, Roy, happy rugby league. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking what highlights caught your wrestlers this week? Bastard, dude! Yes, thank you very much. Uh, happy Rugby League, HG, of course, to you and, of uh, of course, to your uh, your family. And uh, happy Rugby League to all uh, decent, hard-working Aussies who, generally speaking, at birth have booted up the date <laughs> with the shoe of common sense. Yes. And are enjoying our World Cup cultural checkerboard of charm. Oh, yes, what a week it's been. What a tournament. What a tournament. The Matildas, well, brave, yes, Anzac Spirit. I agree with HG there, of course, Anzac Spirit. Writ large. Writ large. Writ large. I know, I know. But playing very badly, poorly managed. Poor managed. Doing it themselves. Relying on a... a long ball hitting a head is no bloody attacking strategy. It's not. It's not. I mean, God almighty. Three training accidents, high-intensity work just before a game. That is insane. Mm-hmm. Insane. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people have had enough. And I, I, I know, I think, I think Gustafsson is on a very, very short lead at the moment. Right. Now, there's something's got to turn around on Monday night or that's it. That's it. And what a lot of pressure to put our... Matilda's under Monday night against Canada, the Olympic gold medalists who are in sparkling form, well managed. They've got attack, they've got strikers. We don't. And now there's a call for Sam to come back injured. Well, that's not going to work. How's that going to work? How's that going to help anyone? Sam out there on one leg. Man, oh, man, what is going on? I'm calling for a royal commission. Are you, Roy? I'm calling for a royal commission. A probe? I'm calling for a royal commission. Mm -hmm. Three times I've asked for it and nothing's happened. (laughs) On the other side of the ledger, however, our swimmers in the world... I know. They're absolute world beaters. Incredible. World beaters. Chalmers, of course, Titmus. Our relay teams, world beaters. O'Callaghan. I think... Gold in the 100 and the 200, never been done before. Correct. Never been done before. This is an extraordinary team. And I think I read this morning that little Emma McKeon is keen to kick on to Paris, which is wonderful news. She's our most decorated Olympian. The most decorated Olympian, and she should kick on. Uh, Marvellous, marvellous role model, as Mm. I see it. And not only for swimmers, Roy, that's the great thing. I mean, if you're a shotgun shooter, you could model your game on Emma. Yes. Your approach, your training disciplines. You sure. Know, yeah. 
Now, um, Australia, of course, has retained the ashes. Now, I noticed that uh, Piers Morgan... Now, HG and myself uh, met up with Piers many years ago. I think we went to Steve Coogan's show uh, in London with Piers. He seemed a decent enough sort of fellow back then. Uh, There was nothing untoward about him. He sat in the seat beside us and nodded occasionally, enjoyed Steve's show, and we I think we actually had a glass of champagne at half-time and chatted away with Piers. He wasn't abusive towards us at all. Uh, we He understood we were Australian. He didn't balk at that. He treated us as normal human <coughs> beings just in London enjoying the, the fruits of culture, and we did. And uh, anyway... He's come out accusing the uh, Australian cricket team of being cheating convicts. I think this does him more harm than us. Um, The less said, probably the better. I've had nothing to do with him as a result of this comment. I was tempted to get in touch and say what's going on, but I didn't. It uh, It would be seen as, I think, being beneath me and beneath any Aussie reacting to such a taunt, such a mindless sad taunt from someone who's become, like Chris Chris Broad, a buffoon. A buffoon. Less said the better. Uh, Now, the English uh, captain Stokes, he's insisting that England's goal is not so much about winning uh, but about entertaining, entertaining people. I see. So they're not there to win, they're there to entertain. Uh, interesting thoughts from from Stokes, uh, who would seem to be just trying to justify a bloke who's lost the ashes. <laughs> Let's face it. Now, a lot of critics of Pat Cummins' captaincy, well, I think he let his ball do the talking in this test. He bowled very, very well. A couple of very lively, terrific spells. And let's remember, we got him out for 238. Sorry, 283. And we're 13 in front. 13! God, our middle order is bloody hopeless at the moment. But anyway, less said the better. Uh, former Socceroo Lucas Neal. Don't often see Lucas Neal. He sort of hides away a bit these days. Um, he's joined uh, the Ashes team along with sacked Suns coach Stuart Dew. So yeah. I guess uh, preparation for defeat would be the only advice they could give uh, management, I would have thought. But anyway, it's good having them there. And... Uh, I'd suggest if any other Aussies who feel they've never won anything feel like, um, you know, getting involved with the Ashes squad, feel free to join, would seem to be the message. Uh, Now, Aussie George Cambosis Jr. earns a shot at the IBF lightweight title after taking out Britain Maxi Hughes. A lot of people didn't think he was going to be able to take Maxi Hughes. Maxi Hughes, of course, very favourite, big favourite in this. And, of course, uh, there are a lot of screams of... uh, you know, cheating convicts, that sort of thing, um, and, uh, you know, poor decisions, da-di-da-di-da. It wasn't. Combosis was just too good, too good on the night, and he won. And he may well be our next IBF champion. We wish him all the best. If he can find someone to fight him, that seems to be the issue with our boxers at the moment. They're too good. No one wants to fight them. Now, uh, Aussie Ricciardo and Aussie, Aussie Piastri turn heads in the Hungarian G- uh, GP. I think Piastri came in at fifth. Very, very fine performance. And uh, I think uh, uh, Ricciardo surprised everyone with a 13th. I think he started off on the grid at 13 and ended up 13. Surprised everyone. Great work. Great work. 
now, uh, Aussie Cameron Smith ties for 24th at the British Open, won by the American Brian Herman, who I'd never heard of before, but seems a decent enough sort of fella, didn't embarrass himself. Aussie Jason Day was uh, the runner-up. We congratulate Dason, Jason and his... Uh, his connections, uh, terrific job, and it's good to see Jason Day. I often say if Jason Day's in good form, Australia is in good form. No, I don't say it all that often. In fact, I'm saying it now for the first time, but it seems to hold true. Well, it is at the moment. What with inflation down, seems like our last Governor of the Reserve Bank was doing a terrific job, it would seem. Uh, FIFA declares the Aussie New Zealand Women's World Cup the best ever. No surprises there. The ticketing has just been magnificent. <laughs> Credit to all. Credit to all Aussies. Wonderful week of the greatest game of all, of course. The Broncos in Leisha Bider, as HG's mentioned, it's great to have a uh, a biter back in the game. Doesn't happen often enough, really. St George had a phantom biter. Like I think it was Rod Reddy. I think he was the phantom biter. Uh, it always, uh, you know, you're always a little bit intimidated when you pack down the scrum knowing someone's going to go the chomp. Uh, or not knowing when you're going to be tackled, who's going to be the chomper. It just puts that little bit of doubt in your mind, can affect your handling, uh, can affect a lot of things. Uh, no one likes being bitten. But anyway, good to have someone putting in in that way, acting as a role model for those who, you know, kids who might want to go the chomp but are feel held back. <laughs> Ryan Pappenhausen, close to return for the Storm, which is very good news for the Storm. I mean, that would be a great turnaround. No one expected him to play until next year. I, I wrote him off, but uh, Pappy, he might be back. And uh, I did read a report where the man of feathers was going to step in and settle the NRML, NRL Players Association dispute. He was going to step in and solve it. Yeah. But, oh, no, 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 it's gone even more pear-shaped. Not only are they wearing the tape over the uh, NRL logo on their jerseys, they're now threatening to delay the start of games. I know. Delay the start of games. Where's this going to end up? It can't end up good. Come on, Feathers. Step in. Step in. Do something. And Sydney has confirmed uh, to host the NRFL GF. Thank God there's a little bit of certainty for those who want to see their grand final. And I'm afraid next year all bets are off. It goes to the highest bidders. May well be in Las Vegas. Make it out what you will. The posse pulled up around the campfire. <laughs> it had been a hard day of bitter dust on the trail of the murderer. But spirits were lifted when Black Bruce realised it was bin night and the crew could download the Blindside podcast from the ABC Listen app. And so we come to, obviously, Monday night. i tell you one thing that we'd offer to turn off as well. We'd offer to turn off Nickelback. I mean, there's just some bands you just got to say, listen, forget it, you know. Why did you do it? You know, why did you bother us? And I'll tell you what else can we can put in that dumpster fire is Arcade Fire. I mean, these would be great relief and blessed relief to the... Because people come from Canada to get away from those sort of cultural references. Yes. And, you know, to have them blaring. Imagine what you'd be like waking up. When yes. You'd, you'd be awake. You wouldn't mm. wake up mm. and have out the front of your hotel Nickelback blaring, yeah. blaring out. Yes. Yes. In a double four-way. Yeah. Now, we come then to the problem of tonight at the MCG where the old gold fruit and nut are going up against the All Blacks. Yeah. Now... I hope the crowd get behind them, HG. You know, I really do. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on uh, 
crowds in Melbourne at the moment. There's so much going on. Exactly, yes. I mean, it's a real fight for the uh, football dollar, isn't it? Absolutely. In Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, I don't know. It can, look, cost of living crisis, sure, I know it's there, writ large, we all know it, but you can get some relief. At least you sit in front of the wallabies watching, you know you've got two hours when you're not going to think about the cost of living <laughs> crisis. You're just going to focus on the Madness. wallabies and yeah. how well or not they're doing. But we wish them all the best. I, I think it's a new combination we're looking at tonight, HG. I don't think many of them have played together all that often, if any time. So it's an interesting move by Coach Jones to bring together a team of people who don't know each other in the hope that some magic might happen just by accident and magic. Yes, I don't know. By being in the same place at the same time. Yes. Yeah. That's wearing the same colours. <laughs> that's right. Looking around and saying, oh, I'm one of them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, look, they do have a, some help. The Wallabies have some decent MCG insider knowledge. Now, this is All a right. desperate clutching for straws. Nothing to do with players. Are they playing at the MCG or are they playing in the... the MCG. MCG? The MCG. The MCG oh, has Lord. got a busy schedule, I think. Talk about your ethical obligation. I think mm. that last night they had Carlton and Collingwood. Right. Tonight they've got the uh, Wallabies, Wallabies. etc. And tomorrow night they've got uh, a big uh, mm. uh, eight-deciding clash as well, which is just... I've just lost the uh, team's right. playing. But somebody I thought they'd be at the... One with the roof. The oh, Marvel. Just, well, no. Marvel. Oh, okay. Now, wait for it. The Wallabies have some decent MCG insider knowledge, however. This is apart from the team selections. Yeah. With a staff member on deck who has won three AFL premierships at the ground with Hawthorne. Now, oh. this is clutching at straws. Oh, that's going to help, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks. He's not playing. What are the Wallabies meant to do? <clears throat> Pick okay. his mind. How did you do it? <laughs> oh, well, we scored more points. You what? <laughs> Coach! You never talked about no points. <laughs> David Rath, who was right-hand man to Alistair Clarkson during the Hawks' dominant era. Mm. I'm not sure how many right-hand people were in that, you no. know, Clarkson camp, no. about 40. Mm. Uh, in the 20, uh, 2008 to 2015, was hired by Jones, this is Coach Jones, as a training coordinator, but he's also been working as a kicking coach too. The Wallabies can't get a captain's run at the MCG due to, obviously, the Carlton Collingwood blockbuster. Uh, so they had to walk through on Wednesday where Rath passed on pointers like, it was good to get back there and walking through the change rooms where I have a lot of good memories. Yeah. We walked out onto the ground. I had a bit of a chat with a Carter Gordon about the wind and how it's a bit different at the MCG that it swells a bit. Right. Rath said the atmosphere of a packed MCG on a big occasion carries its own force. Mm. If we do get a full house, the atmosphere, you can actually physically feel it. Mm. On grand final days, I can clearly remember walking out on the ground and you can feel the noise. It will be interesting to see what, et cetera. Right. Now, this is desperation, isn't it? It is. We're not talking about... Set plays or no. whether the number... Composure. <laughs> we're not. Comfort zone. No, we're not. Truck and trailer. Yeah. <laughs> You're entering from the side. No, we're not talking about any of those issues, are we? No. We're talking about something else, something more nebulous, something more difficult to quantify. <laughs> we're talking about spirit, aren't we? Well, uh, you've said it, but mm. I, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. And that's what's missing really, isn't it? Uh, right. Don't you think uh, from the golden days, like I can't remember the golden days of the Wallaby, they'd be some... What would it be? I suppose some, John Eels, the period of John Eels. Well, John Eels, yeah. Yeah. So 2003 we're talking Something about. Something like that, Is that yeah. the World Cup that John Eels lost to mm. that guy who did all the kicking? Yeah. Wilkinson, I think. Johnny Wilkinson, yeah. yeah. He fooled him. 
No, I think later on we came back and won the World Cup, didn't we? With Nick Far Jones might have been. Ooh, that's going back Farr even Jones further, before, isn't it? Yeah, Jeff Far yeah. Jones. But before. there were there have been times when the Wallabies have been world class. World class. Just put that on pause for yeah. me. Can I tell you when they were the Qantas Wallabies? <laughs> Remember that? And I'll tell you one thing. Rath would never ask is what would John Eels do here? Ah, no. you know, as became the catch cry in sure. the Eels in the Eels era. It did, it did. Well, there'd be a lot of players now playing now who'd never heard of John Eels, oh. and I wonder why John Eels hasn't been brought in as some sort of motivational speaker to at least explain to the Wallabies what it feels like to win something or how to win or how to win. You're yeah. thinking about points, yes. You know, we the whole points. idea of points, the accumulation of points. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Eels can talk about that writ large. He knows how to accumulate points. Now, can I ask, can I ask is there anything that people at home this afternoon can do to help? I mean, it's a oh, bit like... text a, them, you mean? Would there be some sort of well, text line? Well, there'd have line? to be some hero Thinking line. of you, Wallabies, yeah, just no. bought a chocolate. Tastes great. <laughs> Something like that? <laughs> and maybe a cut out of the cover of the chocolate. Yes. Or your own hand drawn. Yes, or a photograph of yourself and your family. Eating. With one of those caramel wallabies, you know, one each. Wow. In your mouth or something like that. Just send them something like that just to give them a sense of something going forward. (laughs) (laughs) Something not entering from the side. (laughs) Something not being dropped. Yeah, well, that'd be a You know, something with a little bit of composure. Yeah, comfort zone. Comfort zone. Thank yes, you. Yes. And, of course, the All Blacks a while ago were a, a wreck, but now they yeah. seem to have righted the ship and now travelling much more in a f- going forward, dare I say, yes. direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, now. Yeah. Well, they might be lucky. They might just catch the All Blacks napping tonight. Well, what a great idea. What a great Wouldn't thought. Wouldn't that be nice? Can I? Can well, I hope Jones points this out. Boys, I've got a feeling they're going to be napping tonight, so let's take advantage of that. Right. Can I and can I ask the publicity that uh, Jones puts out, pumps out twenty four seven? Is that helping at all? Right. I wish I had an example before me, but right. he's always getting up people's noses by saying, "Oh yeah, we'll thrash them. They'll be napping, and we'll get twenty points on them, and all that sort right. of stuff." Right. I don't know. Oh no, he's largely right. a one person publicity machine. Yeah. Right. And very very funny. Yeah. You know, but I never know whether he, whether whether he's taking himself seriously or not. I mean, he was talking about the players' auras the other day. Oh, no. I know. I know. He said, you know, the auras are looking good. I had the aura guy come in and look at them and he said the auras are all lined up, tickety-boo, looking sharp, nice colours. Now, can I ask? What is that supposed to mean? Well, can I ask? Well, I mean, it's very flattering if you're a wallaby and you're sitting there and someone says, oh, love your aura, mate. Yeah, that's right. That orange suits you. Suits you. Now, can I ask? Doing something right. Can I ask, will the wind affect the auras? Ah. You know, when they step out of the comfort of the bus. Can't help take, you there. They take that short walk. I've never understood the physics of auras. No, no, I, I accept that. I, I accept don't know that. if they obey the laws of physics as we understand it or if it was some sort of paranormal physics. That, paranormal? Paranormal physics that exists on another plane. You know, the sort of plane that, that I don't know, Congress is looking at the moment in the United oh, States yes, vis-a-vis. Right. Aliens. 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 Yeah. Yes. Whoa, well, there's a question. There's Alien a question. Auras. <laughs> Well, I don't know if aliens no, have auras. Just made that up then. Hmm. Now, uh, Roy, fascinating subject, though. You, you talk back topic. Is that? Uh, oh, I'm, yes, yes, yes. Well, last week, HG, I think we asked people: uh, should the uh, would the state of origin be better on seven? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's an odd thing. This hundred percent of people said no. 
I think they feared Todd Woodbridge getting involved. Yes, the even though he's on nine. I, I, I don't know. That seemed to be the, the problem there. And w- was there any sense of anti-Hamism there? In uh, that no, I think had we said, you know, Hame would be part of the team, maybe they would have come, aboard. come on board. Yeah, because I know everyone loves Hame. Uh, and what have you got this week? This week's topic, HG, uh, should David Warner stay as opener until January where he can make his farewell on his own terms? So... How many tests to go? Well, I don't know how many tests between now and next January. Because I think they, they haven't got, we got... Aren't uh, they uh, an ODI? Aren't back to India or something? An ODI comp, I think it is. Oh, OK. Isn't but it no a world, world um, you know, ODI right. championship? I think he wanted to say goodbye in January against Pakistan at the SCG. Yeah. But how's According this? to Candice, Candice. Yeah, is, who is, looks after his diary. his PR person. Now, can I ask, um, mm. is it right that players say, oh, well, I might be batting beyond then? Mm. Uh, I mean, it's got a bit, bit Greg Chapley here. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. You know, I mean. Very rarely can players go out on their own terms. And it leaves You can list them on one hand, you know, King Wally, Cam Smith. Who else? W. G. Grace. W. G. Grace. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> now, can I can I ask? Do you think the legacy, mm. the Cam Smith legacy, mm. sorry, not Cam Smith, uh, Dave Warner legacy, yeah. would be better served by him being dropped and everybody moving on, and then remembering in hindsight, you know, I oh, wasn't a great, yeah. he was a great batter, yes. and reflecting with a bit more rose-coloured glasses, yeah. then the idea of he chose when to go and he was shit house and got yeah, out for yeah, none. Yeah, yeah, And we laughed. And we laughed, yes. Do you well, understand no what I mean? To, I do understand. That's the risky runs, of course. Exactly, the risky runs, That's yes. the risky runs. I know he has this dream of the SCG v Pakistan. He course scores a double century, you know, everything's great. And He's the only one who scores. And he wanders off. Yeah, the, the whole team scores 206. He scored 200 of them. Uh, takes five that, catches in the slips. Takes five right? catches in slips, yeah. yeah. Gets to roll the arm over and takes a hat trick. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, that would be a dream. That would be what would be in his oh, mind. I because it very rarely works out that way. And I don't think it is going to work out that way with Dave. Look, I think Dave would be best to announce oh, before he goes out to bat tomorrow, presumably, or yeah, this Monday, is the last time. whatever it's going to be, this will be my last innings. Yeah. I want to enjoy it. I hope you'll enjoy it. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for Australia. And Everyone you. would love it. I know, that would be Way fantastic. Way to go, Dave. Dave. Yeah, right on, buddy. Right on, bro. Let's give someone else a go. Someone who can bat. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, obviously, um, mm. it's coming up to news time and we have to take a short break yeah. to take in these important messages. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is I, I am concerned about the, uh, the trip to Vegas yes. and this idea that somehow it's going to be a carnival of Australiana. Yeah. We'll wrong, talk about that. Wrong, 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 wrong. We'll wrong, talk about that after wrong. the news. Now we take a short break. Oh, remember the podcast is available not long after we finish. Mm. I'll pull up stumps here on The Bludge. Common question. Is it true that sickos are attracted to rugby league? No. According to the Australian Council of Psychologists, there are 18% fewer sickos playing rugby league than the national average. This 
is bludging on the blind side. Yes, welcome back to the bludge. If you want to get involved, 0467 920 That's 0467 or the old style way, Roy at ABC.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Oh, yes, just on the text, she AJ from Seaforth is reporting that the Guardian newspaper is reporting Sam Kerr fit for the Canada match. Right, and... and I don't know whether that's right or not. You know, we have excellent medical staff with our team. You know, you think that somehow the doctor should be giving the thumbs up or, you know, some column of smoke yes. uh, comes out of the hotel. Yes. Uh, saying, yes, tickety-boo. Tickety-boo. But calves are notoriously difficult to heal because they are. it's not a, a common injury, really. No, is no it's not. And then you've got the problem of the... Uh, and and in- no-one's explained how the injury happened during high-intensity training. Well, I was just coming to the high-intensity too. Yeah. I mean, are they back? Yeah. Because, well, let's face it... Are they going to be high-intensity training tomorrow in uh, preparation for Canada? I bloody hope not. Mm. Mm. Uh. I suggest to swim. Uh, yeah, so swim. Yeah, yes. swim. What mm. a good idea. Mm. Uh, oh, well, knowing Gustafsson, he'd ask them to drown themselves. <laughs> Now, uh, we received a letter this week, actually, an absolute, a, a letter. Uh, asking, an actual letter? Yeah. It's uh, people calling, this has come from Vicky Parker, who's the marketing coordinator for the Ricky Picky Railway. Yes, in Lithgow, out the back no, of No, no, the Ricky oh, Picky yeah, Railway in, in, in uh, Gawler, uh, sorry, Corn, I want to say Corn, South Australia. Corn, Corn. Yeah, yeah, South Australia. Yeah. yeah, in the Flinders Rangers. Flinders Rangers, yeah. They're looking for volunteers to help out with the maintenance of the railway line. Wow, and what are the issues there? It's sort of oh, I suppose bol- you check nuts and the bolts, tracks, nuts and bolts coming loose. Yes, and maybe having to clean up the engine and stuff like that. Yes, I mean it's uh, a wonderful work though, and very it, rewarding. And I don't know if you've ever worked on a steam engine, but they're uh, very you know they can be flighty. They they have a personality. Yes, I was going to say you can make friends yeah. with the steam engine. You can. You um, can. I was going to say um, I'm just wondering how many people they need. Because the yes. it's not actually in a suburban area, you know. It's out the back. It's I think out between Buttery, isn't it? I mean, Port Augusta and Corn. Yeah. If I've got the right one, next lovely. Stop, next stop would be the borough, I suppose. <laughs> well, you're coming south. Yeah. Uh, but going north, you might end up in Hawker. Hawker, yes. On the, tra- on the train. And yeah. I suppose you could stop off at Mount Remarkable. I want to say that's south, yes. But that'd be great okay. too. Not particularly connected with that railway, no. but certainly on a rail line. Sure. Can you still get a nice um, pie? I was going to say uh, Devonshire tea. Oh, you'd be able to get a beautiful Devonshire tea. At the Ritchie Picture Railway. Well, historically, and I think that's true. And you can sit on the train and, and have, have a your, cup of tea. Yeah. And scone. Yeah. I mean, what a treat. Oh, yeah, like, they cater for tourists. <laughs> Fair way to go, but worth it. Oh, well, memories. Memories. Thank memories. You. And Thank the you. countryside. Ah, glorious. It's a, a wonderful, uh, mm. you know. Now, this comes trip. from Ryan in Western Australia. Happy Rugby League to you both. Uh, love the show. Love Rugby League. Looking forward to going to the NRL doubleheader in Perth next month. And ah, yes, the, the brick tours over there. That's right. Uh, I was just I just finished a week's vacation in Sydney. Oh, this good. This is going back a couple of weeks. On Wednesday, the day of the third Origin game, yeah. I went to the CBD and walked virtually the length of George Street, Pitt Street, Castlereagh Street and Martin Place. Beautiful walking. I was looking for blue and or maroon. Mm. and I was thinking of changing my Wednesday night plans to go to the game, but here's what I saw in a two-hour period. A total of seven New South Wales items in two hours and nine Queensland items. I didn't see any buses, trains, banners or billboard boards advertising the game, and I saw more FIFA soccer balls than Steedens. 
Yeah, well, there was no penetration. No one saying, "Come on out, the game's on tonight." And he's wondering why, what's going wrong with with rugby league marketing. Well, several things here is is once people buy their tickets, their job's done. Yes. So they don't have to market endlessly and rub your noses in at the fact that it's on. Yeah. They, so it was a sellout, wasn't it? A sellout. I yeah. suppose it is, if it is a sellout, you don't want to put money into encouraging more people to come. Exactly. Why would you bother? I mean, the city itself yeah. uh, of Australia are yeah. fairly mute on the Women's World Cup yes. because the ticketing yes. and the selling of the tickets have been so beautifully organised. They have. It's world-class sure. ticketing, without a doubt. Yes. And uh, all you do is encourage people to go to the live sites, I suppose. Were there any live uh, sites for the for the state of origin? A, yes, there would have been. Uh, I don't recall any being talked about. And I, I, I even listened on the ABC Listen app when it was working. <laughs> Not one reference. Anyway. Usually they list the live sites as part of the Do they? Yeah. I suppose they do. Build up. Now I listed the live sites, for instance, on this show for the yeah. Matildas games. Yes, you did. And they they carry over with the other games yep, on them. But that's right. No. Mm. Now, this is a very sober message. It comes from Tony. Uh, he's from the Boondle Wetlands. The Boondle Wetlands? Yeah. Yes. Now, we know about the Boondle Tools organisation. Uh, Joe Bugner. Joe Bugner, that's Joe right. was the man you asked where the, where the screws were. Yeah, and he pointed. He pointed. Mm. Yeah. G'day, yeah, Joe. Yeah. Love your work. Yeah. Uh, love those pies you put out. Yeah, heavyweight the pies. Heavyweight pies, yeah. yeah How's this original Yeah. Oh, listen, mate, I'm here for a spanner. Can you point out where they are? Yeah, aisle six. Thank you, Joe. The Cadbury's fruit and nut depth ahead of the Rugby World Cup has been called into serious question with our Australia A-side beaten 27-21 by Tonga. Now, he says, what is it with rugby coaches these days? Yeah, what is it? Eddie Jones, former Wallaby coach, then coach of Japan's Cherry Blossoms, then on to England, now back to the Wallabies. Also current Argentina coach, Michael Checker, formerly Wallaby head coach, and then a short stint as coach of Lebanon's National Rugby League side. The days of a rugby coach's loyalty to their nation seems nothing more than a distant memory. Is it just me or are rugby coaches these days nothing more than street harlots plying their trade in that red light district, a.k.a. the world of the rugby coach? Whoa, that's a bit stiff. It's a sober message, isn't it? Yeah. You see, I always got confused when Robbie Dean became the Wallabies coach. Oh, yes. I thought that was wrong. It was wrong because he's an all-black coach. Yeah, that's right. That's right. New Zealander. What, I, what interest would he have in, in setting the Wallabies up? He wouldn't. Exactly. He would say, oh, yeah, I'm going to help the Wallabies. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'll help the Wallabies, yes. You know he's not. No. I knew. I looked at you. Yeah, I know. Well, I was shocked. Honestly, I was shocked. Yeah. Nice enough guy for a scone and a cup of tea on the railway of your dreams. Yes. But, uh, you know, to coach the Wallabies, to put him in charge of the number one side in Australia dead was dead wrong. wrong. Dead wrong. I mean, he was an agent of influence. He was. He was. All black Clearly. Influence. Yes. Clearly. Yeah. They did nothing under They did nothing. Now, this comes from Gary. And then the bloke who's just left. Yeah. Isn't he a New Zealander as well? He was. Hmm. He was. Sort of a yeah. larger guy. Who's, who's set out to destroy Australian rugby <laughs> and pretty well did the job. Job I, done. That's right. Job Eddie, done. Come on down Eddie, and enjoy come on the rubble. Fix this burning wreck. Good luck with that. Piece of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is uh, from Gaza from Wenty. 
Uh, I feel compelled to share an idea. Now, he's worried about the Las Vegas penetration of rugby league. Yes, yes, yes. The solution to this problem may lie in something that you mentioned recently in your program. Mm -hmm. My interest was sparked when I heard the idea of getting people from the Trump organisation involved. It's well known that Mr Trump will lend his name to anything at all if he's rewarded for it. Yes, that's right. Uh, It's his stock in trade. (laughs) My proposal for the representatives to go over to the USA to introduce the Americans to Trump ball. Trump ball. Yes. <clears throat> I'm not sure what this would cost, but it seems we have about $200 million to spend and I would think Mr Trump and his people are coming from a weak negotiating position at they the are. moment. Obviously, this is going <laughs> to alienate a large percentage of the American population, but the Trump supporters will follow blindly and there are a lot of them. It's, it has the added advantage that these Trump supporters already don't understand rules, but they don't seem to care. No. Calling our game Trump ball in the USA will make the potential supporters think it's an American game because Trump will tell them that it is. It's as easy as that. They won't confuse it with anything else and the rules simply don't matter. Once you get them in the door, you've got them. A game of rugby leagues is at least as entertaining as any Trump rally I've ever seen. (laughs) It's not a bad idea, is it? No, well, and remember Trump, the reason why Trump's successful is he hates the things you hate. Yeah. Whoa, now we've got, there's an angle. There's an angle. Yeah. So if people hate rugby league, all of a sudden you filled the stadium. That's right. That's right. It's a weird world, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a weird world. Not such a silly idea. No, Trump ball. Trump ball, just crazy enough to work. This comes from Ted. Ted, yeah. Maruya. Maruya, Ted, yeah. Yeah. Last week I went up to Sydney to watch footy and observed the following at Belmore. Ah, the temporary person. signage on the Josh Reynolds Hill often flipped up when the wind blew, thus making it unreadable. <laughs> Small point. <laughs> After the Bears belted them 30 to 6 in reserve grade, Grub Ennis interviewed Grub Reynolds. What? Whoa! A grub off? A grub off. This interview was broadcast at the Cranberry Leagues Club anyway, which surely is in breach of the welcomed uh, oh, player yes. interviews embargo. Yes. Well observed. Whoa! I had no idea. But he says it was a beautiful conversation. There was an obvious but unsaid chemistry between the two men who loved their club, loved grubbing, loved each other's grubbing and won games for New South Wales purely through the grub. Isn't, Isn't that, that a lovely great? story? That grub is a grub. Ter- that is terrific. Hmm. Did you think overall that a little bit too much emphasis was placed on the send-off and not enough on the rugby league yeah, in all maybe. of that, I think? Maybe. Yeah, but, I mean, you can't. I didn't realise that uh, they, the reserve grade had been bashed up so bad. Oh, I know they had. I think they had to 30 take. 30 to 6. I think they had to take uh, the grub off. Yeah, right. Right. Once they ran up 30 points, they thought, oh, yeah. defence isn't his long seat. Now, this comes from uh, Chris. He says, uh, happy rugby league. Just a quick, uh, just a quick one on your discussion around Josh Reynolds and the grub. Oh, I'm yeah. just wondering if the game should be considering a centre of excellence for grubbing. Well, no, Melbourne Storm. We've already got it, <laughs> and they're doing a great job. They're excellent job. No one's done a better job than Bellamy, <laughs> well, the master, the master, absolute master. Mm. I mean, if you if you anyone who's got a half grub in you, go to Melbourne. Um. Now, trouble in tennis, this comes from Matthew in Stanwell Park. Mm-hmm. I write to express my disappointment at the Australian non-performances at Wimbledon. The men's draw contained seven Aussies, two lost in the first round, four in the second round and one in the third round. <laughs> the women's draw contained just two Aussies, both first-round users. The junior boys had three Aussies, all first-round losers. The junior girls had four Aussies, two lost in the first round, two lost in the third round. 
It's a sad day when I find myself thinking tennis Australian coaching standards will be lifted by headhunting Brad Fittler. That's a sad indictment, isn't it? It is. And, you know, our leaders in tennis have been incredibly QT about all of this. I know. Have you heard uh, anything from Woodbridge, the I world's greatest I, doubles player? I, Not a word! See, that's exactly where I'd go to, somebody who's got the media. Yeah. Who's head of Australian tennis at the moment? Well... Is Craig Tiley, does that I think he's him? the head of Melbourne's... Has he said Open. anything? No. And how embarrassed must he be? He's got a, a slam coming up yes. early next year. Are there any Aussies going to be well, there? Well, I doubt it. I think Nick Kyrgios said this week he doesn't expect to go on because his partying lifestyle is catching up with him. Well, that was a shock to me. I didn't know he was out on the tear all the time. All the time. I thought he – and can you learn to play tennis by getting smashed every night? I don't know. I don't know. Well, it sort of worked for him. He got into the Wimbledon final. Yeah. Don't forget that. Now, this has come from uh, Matthew. He says, your discussion last week about food and unusual pies or pizza toppings. Uh, I can't recall you discussing the Pizza League restaurant located in Yarrawarra in Sydney's southern suburbs. Now, this is a... uh, they have traditional pizzas that are all dedicated to rugby. You can get a Broncos pizza. Yeah, well, I mean, Let's Go Broncos pizza from the old days. Well, I don't like. Well, I know the Let's Go Broncos pizzas. I don't that was know the if they were specific, but they didn't have tastes designed for Broncos. Oh, I know that was just. It a, was general. You could get yes, a Let's right, Go Broncos right. cheese and ham, or a, yes, that's right, correct. Or pineapple, or yeah, margarita, margarita, or, or, yeah, or yeah, they're yeah, all Let's Go Broncos pizzas. They're all great. Yeah, great, great, great. I don't know why they didn't kick on. Well, remember, they might have done. I don't know. Uh, remember the battery, the, the car, car battery. battery. Let's Can you go still Broncos. get a Broncos car battery? I hope so. They were great. And the chips, or the oh, the chip with the chips. There were chips or some sort of snack food. Right. I remember those were being sold from the boot of, I want to say, Gene Miles. <laughs> if you wanted a battery, a Let's Go Broncos battery for your car, Gino would come round, open up the boot, off you take shoot. Your, take your pick. No. They came in Broncos colours too. That was they the did. great thing. They did. Maroon, yellow, etc. That's right. And you've got a little sticker to put on your boot saying, I'm being driven by a Broncos battery. <laughs> It's great. And I eat Broncos pizzas. Yeah, well. And I love the Broncos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those were the days. But this Broncos pizza, H.E., you can get ham, banana, bacon and pineapple. That's on the Bronco. That would be an effort. The Bulldogs pizza is hot hot salami, ham, mushrooms and capsicum. Why does that say Bulldogs? It doesn't to me. No, no. And there's failure. Well, or no one orders it. No one orders it. Now, a Dragon's pizza, God, you'd have to be embarrassed going into order one of those, wouldn't you? You want a what? Give us a Dragon. <laughs> Hot pepperoni, pure beef, capsicum, onion and chilli. Well, that's... Why, where's the big red V? I ah. suppose the capsicum would be in red. And maybe they, they draw it up with a big red V. Yes, Putting the might. tomato sauce on first. On first. And yeah. then the extra topping around it. Now, one that'll interest you, actually, is the eels Oh, yeah, the pizza. eels. Prawns, garlic, herbs, oregano and sliced tomato. Does that say eels? It doesn't, except in the, you know, seafood vague connection. But Do we associate the Oh, yeah, I suppose we do. See, maybe these are to lure people in as they a are. sort of talking point they and are. then you get a margarita and a... Then you, know, you just get a normal pizza. Well, you say, look, well, enough of that, mate. Just give me a normal bloody pizza. Yeah, I'll thank Christ for that. I'm sick of making the eels. <laughs> a Knight's pizza, Cabanossi, ham, capsicum. Oh, oh, no. What? Panthers, bacon, mushrooms, capsicum, onion. Hmm. Why? 
Why? Maybe in the box there's a reason why. Would there the be box. a reason on the back of the box? You'd get so. a Matt Rogers. A Matt Rogers why pizza. Would you, why would you want to get a Matt Rogers bloody one? He played for the Wallabies, didn't he, for a little while? He did. He played a lot, though, on for the, the Sharks. Played for the Sharks. Yeah. Dual code. Anyway, the Matt Rogers is spaghetti covered in bolognese sauce, served on a pizza base, topped with mozzarella. No, that can't that be right. That can't be right. No, these are... Doesn't say Matt Rogers at all. This is a joke. Somebody's laughing at Someone's him. laughing at us at the moment and we've had enough. <laughs> yes. Could I just say, actually, to thank all the correspondents uh, for getting in touch with us. It's, it's marvellous to see and always something interesting to uh, The perspective get involved is, with. is great. The, yeah. The, they, what I like is sometimes they listen to what we're talking about and then add to it. Yes. Can't ask more than that from you. Can't ask more than that. On the text, Tom yes. from uh, somewhere is suggesting uh, she, that uh, we should have a meeting set up between the Man of Feathers and the Trump organisation ASAP. We should, yeah. yeah we should. In trouble again, on and off the paddock? Well, the legal firm of Burgess and Kolomatangi, the Southsider specialists, can represent you at the tribunal from a simple high shot to murder. Contact them through bludging on the blind side. Now, just tidying up a few things here. The cricket, uh, well, the tour takes them to South Africa for ODI... I'm not sure quite what the competition is. Then they're off to India for the World Cup in the ODI and then come to Australia, this is the team, play the West Indies and then Pakistan, which at the moment is the last where we farewell Dave. Right. So that'll be the first test, is it, against Pakistan for the rest of the year? uh, Well, hang on, hang on. No more tests until Pakistan. Well, maybe because uh, the difficulty is the West Indies would play before the New Year's test, which is nominally the first test in the new year, played in Sydney, if I've got that right, and that's Pakistan's first test in Australia. Now, um, I've got to say is um, one thing, a couple of... Max from Arcadia is saying actually the Dolphins pizza would be a marinara if there was a Dolphins pizza. I suppose that's right. Wait a minute. And I don't know why with the eels pizza you couldn't have an eel on it. Well, exactly. You know, caught. People love it. Line caught in the Parramatta River. Yeah. Now, can I just point out that none of the others made sense? Why none. would you? Why would the Dolphins be that? Dolphins should be steak, yeah. tartare, yes. and uh, olives. Or dolphin. Oh, why not dolphin? bloody dolphin? Sure, I've never eaten it, but I'm sure it'd be I great on pizza. I've never mean, seen it. smother it in cheese, cheese. And, and <laughs> tomato sauce, garlic, and tomato sauce, and maybe a bit of chili thrown in. What a beautiful, <laughs> magnificent <laughs> eating! Mm. Now, just a couple of things uh, apropos of absolutely nothing that we've talked about so far. Mm. Australia has its first world champion in, champion in men's ten meter platform diving. Right. This is Cassiel Rousseau. He leapt uh, to the top of the podium at Fuoka, Japan, the 22-year-old who competed at the Tokyo Olympics and also won the 10-metre platform gold at last year's Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, rose to the occasion in Saturday's final in which he was ranked ninth after the first dive. His third attempt, wait for it, a reverse three-and-a-half somersault tuck scored 91.6 points to catapult him from the sixth to second on the leaderboard. 
Wow. Rousseau moved into the lead after his fifth dive, but only by a margin of 1.05 points, with eight points between the top three divers, with round one to go. There was little margin for error. He nailed his final dive, a forward four-and-a-half somersault tuck to score 98.05 points, and that confirmed his lead in the World Championship. Rousseau's victory denied a clean sweep of gold medals for China, who won the opening 12 events on the program. Wow. Wow. Isn't that great? What an achievement. That is amazing. I knew I was going to come in first place before the final. I was not nervous that I thought I'd be with so much uh, online. Rather than being nervous, I was just excited by the realisation of the fact that I actually had the possibility of taking the gold medal. Isn't that a wonderful story? It is a great story. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing, H.J.? I don't know if Gustafsson... Oh, well, certainly a film, but I'm thinking more immediately if Gustafsson reached out for some sort of... uh, uh, fa- FaceTime call into I, the Matildas. I, I'd go further than that. I'll bet you there's a swimming pool in the Matildas Hotel. Yeah. And imagine if, uh, you know, Cassiel could reproduce some of his dives. Oh, into fly the pool. back. Well, yeah, and get in the pool. And get maybe... in the pool with the Matildas and teach them how to dive. More inspiration. Oh, inspiration, I sure. I don't think it's... But, I think I it's... Be, but if you told his story, you know, you just need... You know, Gustafsson to say, tell them how you did it. Something like that. <laughs> the way he does it, I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm looking for inspiration here. Yes. Uh, you know, and... I, Just I, inspire us, he yeah, might say. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, no, well, I was diving really well. I just felt I knew I was going to win. Uh, you know, because the Chinese have dominated so much and I just felt I was going to win. I knew I knew as soon as I got to the top, I just knew I was going to win. Right. Got that, girls? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Stranger you know, things have happened. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're looking for, we're clutching at straws here. It's great. <laughs> and maybe Eddie Jones could reach out as well. Eddie Jones? Yeah, this afternoon, get in touch with him. Same message. How did you do it? FaceTime. Yeah, I suppose so. Through to the Wallabies. Do you think Eddie talks to, I mean, I could understand. To the Wallabies? I bloody hope so. No, the other way around. <laughs> Would Eddie talk to Matildas? Oh, you know, do you know what I mean? I mean, you've oh, got I to it's of horses for courses, really. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that uh, Cassiel doing the, you know, sw- uh, diving, I was going to say swimming, just yeah. to the world swimming titles. Yeah. You know, it's a really left field way of doing it. Mm. Sure, um, sure. You know. I'd- sure. I, I, I don't know. If Gustafsson could reach out to Eddie. I, I mean, if Eddie pulls off a win tonight... Ah, that'd now be the you're op- talking. Now, I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, he'd arrive around there at the... At the hotel. The hotel with a bag full of... Chocolate, bloody caramel, bloody <laughs> wallabies. Wallabies and hand them out and don't oh, yeah. eat them until after the game. Yeah. Take that as your award. <laughs> Look forward to it. If you win, you can have this. And here's Something another like one that. just in case. Here's another one for you and here's one for you, Tony. <laughs> Common question. Does Rugby League care about bowel cancer? Rugby League recommends all Australians have regular bowel checks. All clubs have free bowel checking facilities available to club members, their families and friends. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Could Greater Western Sydney Giant Grub of the Year Toby Green be on the lurk near you? Download the app that lets you know where TG is 24-7 and stay safe. 
This public service is brought to you by Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, that uh, trip to America, which took a wriggle last week when Volandis, who's been away on holidays and looked at the lie of the land, decided to come back to Australia and get the Say Good Day movement involved. Now, I'm, I'm not particularly clear on what the Say Good Day movement consists of, but I assume it's a lot of people jumping up and down about Australian things, you know, Australian products, you know, those... Yeah, but it's held in Los Angeles. I know. Hang on, hang on, hang on. But there appears to be deals going on Mm. behind the scenes, so it looks as though uh, a deal might be done whereby... I couldn't get this really in my wildest streams together, but... uh, uh, Okay, Sada Gay comes and then Australia might include a Papua New Guinea team based in, say, Townsville in the rugby league as a part of a get-back at China's operations in the South Pacific, all that sort of stuff, so that soft power stuff that Saudi Arabia goes in for. Sure. Now, I don't want the confusion of rugby league, as I said in my opening comments a couple of hours ago, Mm. rugby league has too much to offer and too much to gain by just going to America, targeting American punters who have a lazy thousand every week to bet on rugby league and then living off the profits of that to sully its product by getting any, you know, half-baked Australian who's on the make in America with a script in their hip pocket and a, you know, record maybe of, you know, covers of uh, The Carpenters. You know, do you know what I mean? It's just wrong. The two things don't work together. No, they don't. You need to, everybody needs to be on the same page here. Everybody needs to be a function. And a sidebar issue about Papua New Guinea and the NRL, who would understand that in America? No. They wouldn't even know where Papua New Guinea was. No, they wouldn't. And I'm yeah. worried that it's going to get run over by a lot of harebrained schemes just wanting to bolt on yes. to the great idea of rugby league in America. Right, right. I had no idea this was going on. You, are you suggesting, H.C., that... Uh, that representatives of Papua New Guinea Rugby League are going to Las Vegas to argue their case for, is that is that what they're doing? No, is what I'm what seeing suggesting? is the PM has a bee in his bonnet about Rugby League in the South Pacific yes. being a soft option mm. to protect the South Pacific. Oh, from I the understand incroc- that. Yeah, I th- no, and I think that has legs. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. I, I, I mean, I'd be playing rugby league at the Solomon Islands. Or Cook Islands. Or Cook Islands Fiji. immediately. Yeah, no, Starting that's right. tomorrow. Yes, that's uh, right. I'd have the game that Andrew's doing this at, whatever it is. In Cronulla, the Cook Islands. I'd have it at the Cook Islands. Yeah, who wouldn't? Or, you know. And build them a stadium. Build them a stadium. Yeah. Build it immediately. You know, rugby Get it up got... and running. Yeah. Uh, because one, once, I mean, well, how's China going to respond? With ping pong? Well, that's not going to work. I mean, they can bring as many bats down as ping pong tables as they like. The people of, you know, Cook, Cook Island, Island want to see rugby league. They want to see rugby league. Same with Solomon Island. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, ping pong is not going to work in Solomon Island. It's not. <laughs> Try it. It's not. They're going to look stupid. Albo knows that. Yeah. Penny Wong yeah. knows that. Yeah. Richard but, Miles knows that. Yeah. They all know that. But they, the one... The but one, you're right, with Las Vegas, we've got to be clear with our messaging. Yeah. We're here to do business. Yeah, exactly. We're exactly. here exactly. for you to gamble. Yeah, that's right. See that thing in your pocket? It's a wallet. See what's in it? Put it on this. Yeah. That's got to be the message. And I know Kylie Minogue is organising concerts in She's Las, going to Vegas. She's going to Vegas. To do a series. I know. We she, don't need her. I know. Because she doesn't talk about rugby league. <laughs> she has no rugby league credibility. That's my Never point. Never played. No. See, that's why I'm happy for Russell and Hugh to go because yeah. they have chops and all that sort of stuff and can do something. Sure. But then when we get to After it, that, it's thin ice. Exactly. There's no one there. Exactly. So, but, and then Apart again. Apart from Matthew Lodge. Oh, Matthew Lodge. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matthew, how'd you enjoy it out here in New York? Loved it. Yeah, you know, just take it from there. I mean, I'm sure that can work. I, I tell you what, wouldn't Matthew Lodge on Haim be great to just uh, see the it, idea? On Haim's new show. Yeah, on Haim's new show. Yeah, what's it called again? Haim. Right. Okay. Oh, let's talk. Sorry, let's, let's talk. talk. Sorry. Let's talk yeah, with Haim or? Oh, that'll do. I'm, I don't have to give seven ideas. I'm sure they've got their own. Right. Let's talk with Haim. Is this like a sort of late night show or is it? Late uh, night show. Right. So uh, you can work a little bit, you know. Yeah, on the darker side. Yeah. Yeah. Get to. The facts. Home truths. And yeah, that's right. And how would you feel when you took you them hostage? What, yeah. I was thinking about rugby league. And should, and what, you, should you have sent that photograph, do you yeah, think? that's right. Take us through it. Well, I <laughs> show us what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And Do you want to reenact that? Yeah. Who now, where like, were you? Who would you like to send the it toilet, to? toilet, was it? Okay. <laughs> Take us through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like a fascinating show. It does. Then we come to those issues that I raised a little while ago. You know, for world peace, you need rugby league. The violence yeah. of rugby league is yes. the, the only thing we've got left. That's in right. the The only tool left in the kit That's that right. we can use to get world peace. That's right. And climate change, yep. don't tell me that rugby league doesn't have something to contribute to climate change. There'll be no rugby league venues no. if climate change gets really out of hand. That's right. Which looks like it is. That's right. Uh, you know, imagine know. the Gulf Stream collapsing. What it'll do to rugby league? I know. It'll destroy it. I know. I know. Imagine trying to get a game of rugby league going in Greece at the moment. At Athens. No one would be interested. Why should they be? They've got other worries. <laughs> They'd be asking the rugby league community to, you know, fill a bucket full of water and help. <laughs> i tell you what, they would. Hunters, if you like things that go bang, you will love the International Shotgun Competition when it lands at Suncorp this November. It is shooting like you have never seen it before. Plus, 12 nights of insane experiments with electricity. Just part of the ethical obligation commitment to the Olympic City of Brisbane and bludging on the blind side. And you're listening to Bludging on the Blind Side. And uh, Roy, the, uh, what would I call it, the standoff continues. Uh, obviously, a number of people have spoken to us on condition of, you know, anonymity, yep. which is because of, you know, commercial and confidence uh, information. Yep. But um, it's as wide apart as ever, I think. Obviously, Volanders is happy to be the independent arbitrator uh, of the dispute, but then the... Players Association wonder how independent Volantis would be, yes, given that he usually works for the Rugby League. Sure. And it does appear that they have now a widening gap between the numbers who get the big money and, you know, obviously they get the big money because they're good players mm. and the vast number of people who play Rugby League professionally. Yeah. Yes. And that gap seems to be widening all the time. Yeah. And now we have... Uh, well, under- it's happening all over the world, isn't it, HG, this sort of disparity between the very, very wealthy and the very, very poor. And there was a time when a CEO would receive roughly five times a living wage back in the day, and now it's... 450 exponentially times. 450 billion times, times your average wage. Well, the same thing's happening in rugby league, isn't it? You have players that are getting an absolute fortune yeah, and players who are... Getting next Struggling. To and, of course, with the number of teams coming into the competition, yeah. this is just exacerbated, isn't it? It is. It is. So... It is. I don't know how they're going to deal with it, no. really, because the Volandis and that lot reckon they're, everybody's going getting paid too much already. They do. Yes. And mm. they don't mind, or Volandis doesn't appear to mind, the vast difference between top players yes. earning millions of dollars and mm. other players 
earning well, barely, barely a, 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 a living wage. Yeah, living wage. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's going to have to be resolved because it's. It, it, look, if the players are now going to insist on delaying the start of matches, that's going to upset Sneesby's light. Well, Sneesby's light, yeah, yeah. Mate, devalues so, the product. Yeah. Now, and if Sneesby's awake, he's going to probably get in touch with. Uh, that's a big if, by the oh, way. Oh, I know. But if someone does manage to wake him up and explain what's going on, how come we've got dead air on? Well, there's no rugby league on because the bloke. What? What? Why didn't someone do Well, we are telling you, Sneesby. Uh, he'd get onto Volandis and say, resolve it, wouldn't he? Put pressure on. And then who's a independent arbiter who's going to be acceptable to all sides? Yes. Well, I don't know. know. There are no names in the frame yet. Would you have to go to the United Nations here and try and find somebody like uh, Guterres or somebody like that who could step in and say, well, look, I don't know anything about uh, rugby league per se, but I know how to mount an argument, you know, concerning a fair distribution of, of wealth. proceeds and wealth. Yes. yes, yeah. Now, I noticed, you see, Can- Canadian team we're playing on uh, Monday night, yeah. they're in this trouble as well. Yes, they are. And as you point is out... Is that something we could, we could exploit? I was just going to say, yeah. wondering if we could exploit. Yes. You know, how about, you know, would some of you like to play for Australia? I yeah. know it's late in the day, but we could probably rush the... Uh, You'd get more money. Yeah, and yeah. we could rush the visa through mm. uh, by uh, getting onto the Minister of Immigration, mm. whose name escapes me. Yes. Uh, sure. You know, and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could fast track it. Is that fast what you track mean? it, yeah. yes, indeed. Fast yeah, track you it. could be playing for, for the Matildas tonight if you really want to. Exactly. Yeah, plus, there's still the gold bars deal. And as yeah. someone has pointed out, the West Australian Mint has a very good track record when it comes to offloading gold bars. It does. We could get them to you very, very quickly. <laughs> now. Uh, another, speaking of the Olympics as we were earlier, another yes. sport which is going to make its debut, I think, in uh, Paris mm-hmm. uh, is breakdancing. Now, oh, yes. you know. It's a bit old model, isn't it? Well, bit... I was just going to say that. It felt to me as though it's a bit last year's model with a lot of uh, I mean, lip and hip. Yeah, what, are kids getting into break? I don't think so. Well, so what happens here is Dr. Rachel Gunn started breakdancing 11 years ago. Yeah. She never imagined she could go to the Olympics, but she is, or yeah. maybe she is as an Australian rep. Yeah. Uh, now, she's a university lecturer, top-ranked female breaker in the country, known as Ray Gunn. Mm. Ray Gunn. Mm. Okay. Is on track to become the first Australian B-girl Olympian, meaning breakdancing girl Olympian. Right. Uh, it's still dawning us breakdancers that uh, hear that this is happening. This is a new community for us and it's thrilling to be part of. Right. We're just excited and I think uh, we're still taking it all in. Sadly, mm. the language is wrong, isn't it? Mm. Hey, dude! Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, what, you know. I know I what mean, you mean. Hip, it has a know. sort of patois. Exactly, own... exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, what are you looking at? You to know, give itself it. cred because breakdance was about street cred, wasn't it? That's right. What's that clinking sound? That's the jewellery, bro. Yeah. 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 Mm, I don't know. So when it comes dance. to it is that uh, I mean, Paris, it's not talking to kids now, though. I mean, it's talking to kids who were kids 20 30 years ago. years ago. I know. At well, least 30 years ago. Yeah. I but, don't know what you do now. Gaming. Well, exactly. exactly. Even tagging is an Olympic sport. Yeah. That's sort of... Well, you see, that's, that's old model as well. Yeah, you think about gaming. That's the go, isn't it? Or betting. What? Betting is an Olympic sport. <laughs> now you're talking. Hey, that's where it's at. That's where bro. it's at, bro. That's the show, bro. <laughs> yes. Now, and you get to keep your winnings <laughs> with your gold medal yeah. and the bars. <laughs> now, 
Paris 2024, 16 athletes, both men's and women's competition, will compete in solo battles. They'll be judged on, no. What are they being judged on? Tiered? Six categories, creativity, personality, technique, variety, performativity, not sure what that is. Performativity? And musicality. Oh, man. Musicality. Mm. I suppose so. I suppose no. you'd do it to music, wouldn't you? You would, you would or some yeah. sort Beats. of beat. Yeah. yeah. It's not a matter of who has done the biggest backflip, who's done the most head spins that the judges are taking into. It's a count is holistically across these categories. Oh. oh, no. Oh. Recipe yeah. for disaster. I you know. could give someone anything for anything. <laughs> I mean, it gets all the judges off the hook, doesn't it? I really like that uh, you develop the sense of individuality and self-expression to develop your own style. It's a balance between athleticism and lifelong artistry. Oh, well, hang on a minute. What is this? What are we describing? Uh, you know, synchronised swimming all of a sudden. Yeah. Anyway, what's good is that uh, the last three Personal- years... How do you judge personality? Hey. Eh? Well, well, you're breakdancer because they're going to come out tudier. No, it's not oh, as if they're going to come out with a big grin and say, you know, here I am, love me. Yeah. Well, that was good about the uh, uh, skateboarding at, in, uh, yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. They, they, they looked as though they were the part. They did. They had, uh, you know. Sh- they had uh, fitting stuff on yeah, that made them trousers, look stupid and trousers didn't fit and stuff yeah, like right. that. It was really funky, <laughs> wasn't it? Well, I don't know if funkiness was no, part no, no. of it. Don't, don't walk away from it. Funky no, I'm happy to accept funkiness. You know, I'd judge funkiness if it was part of the breakdancing. Yeah. Substitute funkiness for personality because personality ain't going to work. Yeah. Uh, funkiness, eight out of ten. Yeah. Ray oh, Gun. Fair enough. Yeah, that's right. Here's a gold medal and a bar. Now, uh, Ray Gun says, I'll still be nervous and I'm still me and I'm going to show all those emotions that come along with the sport. Right. She's so, still being me. Mm, Australian. Right. Now, for many traditional Olympic sports, there's a clear pathway for athletes to qualify. For the Australian breaking community, the past three years have been a scramble to get everything in place for the road to Paris. A qualifying event, the Oceania region later this year, has yet to be locked in. So they're struggling to get... Numbers. You know, it runs on the board. Yeah, right. The last three years have been really fast putting all that infrastructure in place, but we're ready, we're going to be there, and we just need support from the Australian public. Now, infrastructure in place... I thought the whole idea was breaking was all you needed was a bit of cardboard and some concrete street. That's it. Now, if we That's go, all you else, need. If we're going elsewhere and a boom box. And a boom box, Old sure. Old school boom box. Yeah. But you don't need the one boom box for everyone. Oh, exactly. It's not as if you need a thousand boom boxes. You yeah. don't. It could be a pretty cheap Very gold cheap sport to get up and running. Mm. But but how popular is it? I mean, is, has Norway got it? I mean, does it... I would say Norway probably, of all places, might have a... Iceland? I mean, who yeah. does breakdance? I mean, when was the last time you saw anyone breakdancing anywhere? <laughs> well, I haven't. Not no, for no. years. No, I know. And I'm nor have I thought about I'm it. I'm trying to think. And nor have I reached out or thought about reaching out to the breakdancing community. Because you haven't. Because I haven't. <laughs> and you can say, oh, well, you're just not interested in breakdancing. <coughs> no, I'm not. Sure, that's true. So I do have a bit of a prejudice. But you don't have a prejudice. But when I see great right breakdancers, you I think, love Wait! It. I know. Are you prepared to think, well, the funkiness <laughs> yeah. is great. It's great. Nine out of ten funkiness. Thank you. Costume, not so good. Not so good. Yeah, bit old school. Yeah. Yeah. Love your cardboard. <laughs> Rugby league players. Now that coach is no longer calling... Horse syndication is your gateway to a fortune of cup-winning success. 
own part of a champion with the team from Rooting King Lodge. Speak with the syndication experts Weed and Fractious Bruce Woodus on the Horse Hotline at Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, one thing that concerns me is whether the uh, players boycott would affect the Dally M's, Roy. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> well, who are you going to talk to? In terms of making programs. At the moment, you can't talk to anybody, but no. you could talk to some of the greats like uh, journalists like Roy Masters might come along with an opinion about something and what a great season it's been and mm. if I was a betting man, I might be able to put some money on, yes. I don't know, you know, yeah. pick a player, Matthew sure. Lodge. Sure. Uh, and the view ahead, you know, obviously these by then. Now, the Dally M's come in about a month's time or about maybe I think five so, yeah. weeks' time. It puts pressure on the... Them to organise, get it, get it fixed up before them, because that's the night of nights for rugby league. Do you think? That and really, let's say Nico Hines is is. Yes, let's yes. say he wins. Yeah. Well, it's it's not going to. I mean, he won't who be are there. They? I know he won't be there, so I suppose they'd talk to a neighbour. What a great idea! Yeah. How easy is it to live next to a deli? So who's, who's going to host it? Who, who'd host it? I, I don't know who'd host it. Oh, somebody from like Braith and Astor, he does a great job with that. Okay, uh, well, let's say it is Braith. He gets the and gig and he'd talk to the neighbour. How do you think Nico would be? Ha- would, would Nico be happy winning, do you think? Oh, yeah, Nico would be great with it, yeah. Is Nico home at the <coughs> moment? Yeah, he's home. He's watching TV. He's watching me and you. Could you give him a message? Yeah. Could, could you congratulate him for us? Congratulations, Nico. Yeah, he's giving you a thumbs up. It would be great television, wouldn't it? I mean, there's a show. Well, that is a show. Now, remember the last time this happened? Mm. It happened uh, in 2003 Mm. and 20 years later we're still at the same place. Now, uh, Gower, do you remember Craig Gower? I do. Yeah, uh, Might have gone off to Paris, to France. Uh, Italy, Italy, I think. Italy, okay. Yeah. Sadly, talking about that night 20 years ago, mm-hmm. great accolade to have and recognition for a fantastic year. So it'll be sad for the bloke who does win it if yeah. this the boycott isn't solved. Yes. It's not a good way to go about things, but sometimes it might be the only way to go about it. Mm. I suppose that's true. I remember getting a call from Butsy, that's the Tony Butterfield who was in charge of the Players that's Association right. then. Yeah. A couple of weeks before the event, he said, mate, you're up there in the voting, but do you think, what do you think about the boycott? Yeah. I told him I was happy to do what was necessary and it ended up working for us when it came to minimum wages and better playing conditions we wanted. Yeah. See, there's a result. There's See, a result. I wouldn't have See, put that if, in the if the players stick together, I mean, they're, they're, they're unbeatable, aren't they? they? At the end of the day, this is a Craig Gower again, mm. at the end of the day I don't regret it. Yeah. But if it's for the betterment of the players, sometimes you have to suck it up. Yeah. But I really hope it doesn't come to that. The next step will be to boycott games. Yes. I didn't realise that was going. Yeah, to. yeah, it'll come, come to that. Yeah. Boycott games. How would you do it? What would you Just say? Just not turn up. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I guess that's how you do it. Or stay in your car or don't get off the bus. Yeah, yeah. we're here. We're just not getting off the bus. We're going to have, you, well, you we want to play rugby league? We're going to play on the bus. Yeah. Film that. <laughs> Who's reffing? Don't care. The driver. Yeah. The driver. Okay, now. Yeah. What happens then was the next step. We mentioned boycott the games, but nobody wants to say that. It's a no. It's an ordinary situation, and and I can't believe it's uh, allowed to drag on this long. I can't believe in this day and age, two parties come to can't come to an agreement. I know. Well, let's hope when next we gather, HG, we have a solution. What a good idea! What an ambition for the week. So we've got a Matilda's win Monday night. Yep. Tonight we've got the uh, Wallabies. Yep. And the chocolates. And next week we've got a rugby league solution. Oh man, what a week! 
That's it for Bludging on the Blind Side for another week. We'll be back with more of the same this time next week. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.